signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. Amazing, sensational, dramatic, hard-running, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vance, the Boogie Woogie Man. Hey, guys, I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to Doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the tune-in app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline. 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. Television against the Gardner Webb Brennan Bulldogs. It's a battle of winning streaks as the Highlanders, who have won nine in a row, take on the visitors from Boiling Springs, who have five consecutive conquests. Tim Kraft and Darius Nichols tonight at the Nedman Center. If you can't make it out or if you can't watch it on ESPNU, be sure to tune in on the Radford Sports Radio Network tonight at 6.30 with the pregame, 7 o'clock the tip. With yours truly and Cole Wilder, it's Radford Highlanders basketball tonight from the Nedman Center. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's all this talk of potential snow on Sunday. It's just thrown me for a loop, although, you know, we've been talking about it the entire month of February. We made it this far. What did I say? February 1st. There's no way you're getting through February unscathed. Although, hey, I'm not going to dissuade from our prognosticator, Jim in Smithfield, who said he did not see his shadow. Just because he may get a little bit of the white stuff this weekend doesn't mean that the wintertime is going to be extended. I refuse to give in. The Louise Baker team hotline is open for your consumption, 639-4900. Text line at 744-2990. You can hit me up there. Many of you have already. And let's just say for the way it is um, – Really just an inexcusable and out-of-nowhere loss last night for Virginia Tech on the hardwood. 
Boston College is not a great team. Bill Roth talked about it yesterday. They were included, even if you assume Tech was going to go on a run against these lesser teams in the league, that it wasn't going to help their net. But boy, when you really want to crush your net and completely float off of that at-large bubble, you lose to one of those teams on your home floor. And the deflation is real. And now Tech is in a major, major hole. And I believe regardless of how the final few weeks go here in the regular season, they are relegated once again to having to win the ACC tournament to make it to the big dance. We'll get into that a little bit, and we'll try to break down what in the world happened. And i got to be honest, when I'm watching the first half of the game, notice the crowd seemed a little bit out of it, if you will. If you were there last night, let me know. It just came across. It looked like a pretty good-sized crowd, but not the same amount of noise, obviously, for your rival, Virginia, or against Duke. I understand. I do. Everybody went into that game. This is why assumptions don't win games, right? This is why you line up and play them. And no matter how many times you look at it, college basketball really, I think, and it's true of all sports, but I think college basketball is strictly a game-by-game matchup that exceeds all the others. And as Dan Bonner said last night, you just have to accept sometimes that certain teams, even though they may not be great overall, in their resume or how the season's gone, they match up so well with what you do that they're a problem for you. And Mike Young has had a problem with Boston College. He's not beaten them. He's 0-5 now. But sometimes it's just about matchups, and I think BC is just that matchup for Virginia Tech right now. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? It's Rocky. How you doing, big dog? Hey, Rocky. How you been, man? I've been all right. I just got a couple questions for you. Um, One, can you explain what has happened to this Virginia Tech basketball team? If you were just to say it in maybe one sentence, what is going on? Inconsistency prevails, and not just on the offensive end, but defensively. And they were horrible, horrible last night defensively against a very subpar BC offense. They shot 49%. They made 12 threes, Rock. Their perimeter defense was horrible last night against Boston College. Yeah, it's hard to understand how Tech could not play. You know, it, it, this is a hard, hard to understand why Tech isn't good this year. Um, that, that's that's the biggest thing for me. I just, you know, they they've been playing so well the past couple of years, and to have the bottom fall out this year is. Um, I I just thought it'd be a matter of time, really, before you know. The people in Blacksburg Country Club would get to the basketball program and drag them down like they've done to the football program. I just thought it was a matter of time before, you know, the people at Virginia Tech would drag the basketball program down to the level of the football program. And, uh, I, you know, it's gone on much longer than I thought it would. I thought it happened sooner, but it looks like they're just going to drag the basketball program down to the level of the football program and you know, business as usual, so it's surprising. Um, I got a question about the Denver Broncos. What do you think the relationship with Sean Payton and uh, Russell Wilson's going to be like uh, now that we already know they're kind of, you know, Sean Payton said, you know what, this is my team, you're just an employee. 
Uh, <laughs> how do you see this playing out? Well, he either get on board or he won't be there. I mean, despite what they've given him. I mean, there's some outs in that contract. Uh, I think they're going to get along swimmingly. I think this is going to be one of those situations where he has laid down the law. No more personal coaches. No more of this social media crap. I mean, the Broncos failed so badly with the Nathaniel Hackett hire that uh, he came in and became his own corporation, right, from Seattle. He was doing all these things. He set up all these businesses. He scheduled all these appearances on social media. I mean, he set himself apart from the team, and he quit being the guy that made him such a good player in Seattle. But Sean Payton's not going to put up with any of that crap. He's an old school. He's a Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick type. The guy's an offensive genius, so – it made sense on so many levels that he would be the hire because they did bring him in, not necessarily to fix Russ Rock, because he's there for the long term to fix the program, but they have invested so much in Russell Wilson, and I don't believe that all of a sudden he became an all-pro, can't-miss Hall of Famer to just all of a sudden losing all of it in one year. I think I, I, I chalk a lot of it up to Russ for being very arrogant, but at the same time, Nathaniel Hackett is – I believe, the worst coach that's been hired in the NFL in the last 20 years. So I think it's going to be a great thing in the long run. And if not, if not, Sean Payton's going to be there and Russell Wilson won't be there. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I agree with the timeline. I think, you know, Payton could be there for the next 10 years. Like, I think the Broncos are set with their head coach for the next 10 years. I think they'll probably win at least one Super Bowl, whether Russell Wilson's there or not. Um, I don't know. And, yeah. If a guy was, you know, played as well as Russell Wilson had played in the past and then fall off a cliff, um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it was just the, the head coach. Maybe it was just, you know, Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe that's just how it was. But, um, yeah. Anyways, that's all I got, big dog. Thanks for answering my question. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Rock. Good to hear from you. 639-4900. Call us up. 744-2990. Heard from several people uh, already on the text line this morning, and um, people were saying, yeah, it was much different last night. Much different last night. The atmosphere wasn't as good. The students were there, but they weren't nearly as loud. Lack of effort all the way around from the crowd to the players to the coaches. Yeah. Um, It's just one of those things, and you watch all these games, like, for instance, tonight. Gardner-Webb and Tim Kraft make themselves the most difficult matchup you can play in the Big South in February. (laughs) I mean, that's how good he is. And Darius Nichols knows this more than anybody. So, it's a defensive game tonight. Tonight's a game in the 50s. Maybe you get in the low 60s. That's going to win the game tonight. You're not going to score 70 points tonight. Neither team's scoring 70 points tonight. Radford and Gardner-Webb. I think last night... Even though you kind of look at yourself as saying, all right, here's Virginia Tech. They've knocked off Duke. They've beaten a top 10 team in Virginia. Now they're on their way. And I said the same thing. So once again, not at all going to shy away from it. I was wrong. I thought this team was going to go on a huge run. And they still might, you know, pick up the pieces here on the road. But the bottom line is you lose a game like this, where they are now, 4-9 and nine in the league, 14-10, and 10, you don't deserve to be in the NCAA tournament conversation. You can't lose at home at this point of the season against a team like Boston College if you want to still be thought of that way. So this team's going to have to come through it the same way they did last year. 
The new net rankings have not been updated. I did just call them up before the show, and they take a little bit longer. Um, yeah, everything's through the games of Tuesday. I want to see where they were. They were 50 in the net before last night. 50. All right? Which is still not a bad spot, which is why I was basing, hey, you know what? If they go on a run here, they got a chance, right? This is, this is their opportunity now. Now it's going to completely change every part going forward. We're going to hear from Mike Young coming up. We've got his press conference from last night, some sound. I haven't heard it yet because it wouldn't load a couple of times. It's been a problem recently over there with their pressers, but uh, I will uh, play some of that. We'll just let it run and get his thoughts. But the two things that stood out for me, and it's something I learned a long time ago, first of all, from the greatest uh, coach in the history of basketball, John Wooden, when he said, you know, rebounding's an attitude. If you're not rebounding the basketball, you're not into the game. Well, last night, Tech got out-rebounded by 10. They allowed 10 offensive rebounds. I mean, the post kid was 24-10 and 10 last night. And Grant Baselli has 33 points. His Tech high, right? 33 points last night. He was outstanding, 12-21. of 21. But nobody else really showed up. I know Justin Much finished with 16 points, but a lot of those were... Garbage baskets late. He was 5 of 12. Sean Padula, Hunter Couture, 6 for 23 combined. And over half of Tech's shots were three-pointers because they were trying to catch up. And how about the worst one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the ACC knocking down 12 of 24? It's just none of it makes sense, right? But that's, that's college basketball. To quote John Rothstein, if you follow him on Twitter, the CBS Sports College Basketball anchor and writer, he'll say all these things I'm saying, and he'll say, anarchy? Question? Then he'll go, nope, just college basketball. <laughs> the Kelly kid had four threes off the bench last night. Post made all three of his. I mean, it just didn't work out for Tech. They got behind. It kept spreading out. I thought they were going to make a run. Kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And then the couple times they did get it down below 10, BC always had an answer. And a lot of times it wasn't just a three. They had some backdoor layups. They got to the rim. The team did not appear to have the kind of energy, obviously, that it had against Virginia. And I know people want to appoint blame, but that's a program loss. That's not just on the players. It's not just on the coach or the coaches. It's a program loss. You have to absorb that and, and go on, right? But now it's much more difficult, and this team has to figure out a way to refocus going forward. And I know there are a lot of disappointed people. I mean, I'm hearing for them already on the text line. But Tech does have a chance, but it's not going to help them, right? Notre Dame lost last night to Georgia Tech. They go to Notre Dame. Obviously, that should be a win, but it's on the road where Tech hasn't won. So all of a sudden, you can't just say, oh, well, they're going to go on the road and beat these teams like I was thinking they were going to be able to do. They got Notre Dame and Georgia Tech, games that they should, if they are their usual selves, go out and win, but it's not going to pump them back up in the net at all, as Bill talked about yesterday. Then Pitt comes in, and that can help you a little bit, Miami. But the bottom line is now they've got to figure out what in the world went wrong last night correct it, and then get ready to travel to South Bend on Friday and then play on Saturday. So they've got a lot to figure out, a whole lot to figure out. And the last thing they need to worry about is what their net rankings are, what they are in Ken Palm, 
they got to figure out why in the world they can't be more consistent, especially on the defensive end. And where in the world is Darius Maddox? Still not available. Not sure what's happening there with him. I know he had, quote, some personal, end quote, reasons. But the team hasn't been whole. I'm not using that as an excuse, but really, for the most part, they haven't been whole. First Couture, now Maddox. We'll be back. Just getting started here on a Thursday. Stay with us. Whoa, timeout. Big Dog Sports Talk is taking a timeout. Now, hold Wait a minute. Timeout. You want to say that one more time without the sarcasm? BTSD will return in a moment on WRAD. Pass the road to your house That you never call 26 minutes past the hour. We're going to have some uh, audio from Mike Young's press conference coming up. By the way, Andy Bitter is going to join us on the program at 735. Georgia Amor from Virginia Tech Women's Basketball at 805. And then, of course, Dwight Vick at 835. So uh, we have a busy second half of the show. So if you want to get a hold of us now, we'd love to hear from you. 639-4900. 744-2990. Text line's buzzing this morning, which is usually the case. Kevin Durant traded, looks like, from Brooklyn to Phoenix. Good luck with that, Phoenix. So the two crybabies get out. Our legal counsel, Richie Davis, sent an interesting text. You know, they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. They played 16 games together in Brooklyn. That was it. Because, again, this is one of the major problems of the NBA. So... They can just whine and whine and whine, and then they can force their way out anytime they want. It's hard to hard to take that league seriously right now, to be honest with you. So that happened. Good text message. <laughs> another another uh, level of bad driving guy popped up this morning to one of our listeners. We need to add the driver who takes up two pumps at the gas station to bad driver guy. Oh, yeah. I see that a lot. Usually it's the guy in the big truck, right? He'll be pulled up enough to get the gas line to his gas tank, but yet he's still so far back you can't pull in behind him. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that's one too. The one I'm still having the biggest problem with is non-signal driving guy. I don't – I mean, I would think that our local law enforcement should be able to ticket that. If they're like watching and see a guy just veer over in front of somebody, bad driving guy without the signal still blows my mind. I mean, it's right there on your hand by the steering wheel. (laughs) And a lot of times it might be a button. I don't even know anymore. But man, oh man, it seems like it's one of the easiest things to do to help secure your safety on the highway, right? Letting someone behind you know what your intentions are by either going left or right. If I have to slow down, here's why I'm slowing down. Instead of just stopping in the middle of the road and you don't know where they're going or when they just swerve right in front of you without a signal. All you're doing is inviting a dangerous situation. But yet, again, you give human beings the opportunity to make a bad decision, they're going to do it. Much like Roger Goodell, who yesterday with a straight face during his Super Bowl presser answered, I believe the state of officiating in my league is as strong as it's ever been before. And they're held under this high scrutiny that everyone complains about. That's right. 
Roger Goodell doubled down on what we already know is not true, that the NFL officiating is really good. Yes, he said that with a straight face yesterday. All right, we're halfway home in hour number one. Andy Bitter, Georgia Amor, Dwight Vick. we got a lot going on today on a Thursday. Big game tonight at the Deadman Center. We're going to hear from Mike Young in his post-game press conference when we come back. Stay with us here on BDST. station and actually the proclaiming yeah i don't care much for johnny cash yeah that's a real thing 639 4900 744 yeah boy i'm really into this new country i don't really care much for Waylon, merle johnny willie uh-huh. all right uh i digress all right i have not heard this sound so uh, we're just going to get into it. We're going to go here. Hopefully it works. They've been having some issues. This is Mike Young last night. We'll listen to a little bit of it. And uh, this is his post-game presser after Tech's loss at home to Boston College. And hopefully this thing will play here. If not, I'll be back. Hey, Mark, they got uh, no discredit whatsoever. Uh, Kelly played well for them. Ashton Langford has been a good player for them for, uh, for, for a while. A league bay, um, you know, uh, we're trying to offer, you know, as much help as we can through the uh, through the post. We never could get the matchup right, and back on the perimeter it comes, and they made some shots that they uh, that that they haven't made over the course of the year. Um, so, what was the, was there a defense doing to make it a tough shooting night for Hunter and Sean tonight? You know, not a lot, I don't think. I thought we had great shots. I thought those kids took great shots. Uh, didn't seem to have their same pop, I think, consequently. And it's very rare for, for our teams. Uh, I thought that uh, affected – I thought um, that, um, that, that, that affected our defense, too, and that can't, that can't happen. Um, you're going to have some nights when you don't uh, shoot it as well, uh, but you've got to continue to – you know, to do uh, the right things and rely on your habits defensively, and we uh, we didn't uh, we didn't do that. We had a couple of strong side threes. The ball's on this side, and uh, and and that uh, shot is made on the same side, and that that can never happen. And uh, and it uh, and it did. So, all right. So a lot to unpack there already. So in just those first few statements, the matchup he mentioned it already. Right? We never could get the matchup right because that's a team that they struggle matchup with that's the first thing that stood out there from coach second shots were okay and I thought so too it's not as if they were getting challenged with a hand in their face and their body wasn't square 
and they didn't have momentum after the catch into the shot, right? That's something big that Darius Nichols talks about. You got to have the momentum toward the basket when you catch the shoot, and Tech had that. They just didn't make them. And then the third thing, which I thought was the most obvious to me as well, those guys were hanging their heads. I mean, Hunter Couture did not get off to a good start, and he wasn't nearly given the same kind of effort defensively. And Coach Young just said that, right? You may have a bad offensive night, but you cannot let that affect what you're doing on the other end of the floor. Boy, those are three three elements of uh, absolute danger, and Tech fell victim to all three last night. The matchup, not hitting open shots, and then uh, letting it just completely affect you on the other end. Here's uh, Let's go a little bit longer in the presser. Who else? Boston College won the rebounding battle by 10. Yeah. What kind of went into that result as the game went on? Um, not, not acceptable, Will. Uh, and our team has been pretty good in that, uh, in that regard uh, against uh, really good teams. Um, you know, we're just uh, behind some plays uh, because, of, um, because of post and what we're trying to do to him. You know, a couple of miss, miss box outs, let's be honest. 33 for Grant. What did he give you guys offensively? He gave us everything he could, everything he had in his tank, David. Um, very proud of, uh, of him um, and hate that, uh, that we negated such a you know, an effort with, uh, you know, with uh, not playing our best basketball. Yeah, no question about it. Grant Basile, who he's referencing there, 33 points last night, was outstanding. He was really the only player who really seemed into it at all. And he just said it, the same thing, the quote I had with Coach Wooden, right? The will, the lack of will on the glass. And I'm telling you, there's nothing I don't think that discourages a coach more than when he sees that, when a team's able to get offensive rebounds, when you're not doing what you can. As he said, we just didn't box out. And when you don't box out, you're not dedicated to, to doing those little things last night. There was a lot that went wrong last night. A lot of it goes to Boston College because Coach said it there in the open. They're hitting shots they don't normally hit or they haven't hit all year. But again, how much of that is chalked up to them all of a sudden getting hot in the game, which doesn't seem to make sense as opposed to Tech not doing a whole lot on defense. Here is more. This has been a very uh, revealing presser so far. Uh, Basile was grabbing his right elbow in the last minute. Yeah, Sam, he, he hurt that last year, last year at, uh, at Wright State. Um, he only shot 28% from three last year, and, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's nothing structural. It just bless you. It just, um, um, it's just something, you know, daily. He's in there all the time getting treatment on the, uh, on the thing. Didn't affect his scoring tonight. Their ability to get points off the bench, do you, how much do you really think that helped them? Just well, I think, it was, I think it was pretty significant. Um, you know, Kelly played uh, played uh, well for them. I guess a league bay uh, started, but um, 24 uh, McLaughlin did start. Um, you know, uh, they uh, that was uh, that that was that was a, a big deal for them. Yes, I agree. Coach, on a night t like tonight, um, where the ball's just not going in the hoop the way you want it to, uh, especially from downtown, does the approach change at all? Uh, what do you kind of say to your guys? Do you let them keep shooting? Do you try and feed yeah. it inside a little bit more? Well, Giovanni, I mean, we had, what, 40 against uh, Virginia in here on, uh, on Saturday. 
uh, I thought we had a I thought we had a pretty good mix. We had guys shooting the ball that we wanted shooting the ball. We're twenty five games into this thing now. We're not uh, we're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, we've got good players. We've got guys that can really uh, shoot the basketball. Um, just have to do it better on uh, on Saturday at Notre Dame. Uh, defensively, what it made what really made it tough to just defend their three balls since they made fifty percent. Again, we're trying to offer uh, uh, more to uh, to post to get the ball out of there, um, and we had a couple of busted coverages. Um, and I'm, I'll be interested. I can't say that I'm excited. I'll be interested to go back and see it on film and see it uh, see exactly what uh, what transpired. Uh, but I'm sure uh, as I look back, you know, all uh, correctable. I hope that um, I hate that uh, we have to, you know, lose that uh, that ball game to uh, to learn those lessons that uh, that we've harped on from from for a long time now. <clears throat> yeah, obviously, you'd have to deal with Post in the first meeting. What was the different dynamic that he he brought? He's been on a roll lately. Well, the positives were more than. It, than the negatives. Um, without posts, they're uh, <clears throat> uh, they can they can really disrupt some things uh, defensively. Uh, with post, um, they they don't have that ability. But he's such a you know I mean he's he's got it and he made three threes tonight. He had two in the first half. I think maybe three. Uh, and he looks like you know I mean. Really good passer. We went and got him uh, in the first half, right to the top of the floor it goes, which cannot happen. Uh, right to the top of the floor, made uh, made three. Um, he just, uh, I mean, he's a load. He's a load, and um, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't, we couldn't slow him down. Mike, what gives you confidence that you guys can make a run here at the end of the season? Well, I've seen us be really good, Anthony. Um, and uh, know that uh, that we have it. It's got to be night in, night out, um, and uh, it has been here for uh, for a bit. Um, you know, we got seven left, four on the road, three at home. Load it up. Let's go play. Well, that's Coach Young from last night, and I wanted to play that in its entirety. It's interesting just watching him. Uh, I think he's a little confounded as to what happened last night. Just watching his facial expressions. By the way, Coach does a great job of making those pressers personal. You know, he mentions the question asker's name. I and mean, that's that's a rare little gift, by the way, that he has in the presser. But anyway, um, I think last night confounded him. All right. I don't as much as you prepare for every constituency that happens and things can go bad and you've seen it, you've coached so many games and he's won so many games. You still probably thought, OK, you know what? We're finally getting there now. We're, we're that team again. And then last night happens. And then, you, as he just said, he's not looking forward to it, but he wants to go back on film and find out exactly what happened with the defensive switching. Why weren't they dedicated to getting out there and doing the things they needed to do? I mean, BC was a team that just does not shoot the three well at all. And it's weird, too. They played – you just talk about matchups. And I know I had one text message, a big difference last night. Um, Ron uh, sent it in, said having the post kid that Coach just talked about – very true, Ron, but Post didn't play the first time, right? Last night they had another kid injured. So Post is back in there. The other kid wasn't. The other kid played, I think, started the previous game. I think it's just, yeah, and Post is, yeah, I mean, Coach just said he's very good. He was he was really good last night. Post and Basile were really the two best players on the floor. 
But uh, it's more than that. It's just one of those teams that you struggle with. It's just, it's just one of those teams that when you see the matchup come, you're like, all right, well, we know. We know. And credit to BC. They came in there, and uh, Virginia couldn't win in Blacksburg. Duke couldn't win in Blacksburg. North Carolina couldn't win in Blacksburg. But Boston College pulls it off for their fifth straight win. It is a bit confounding. It is. And I know Tech fans frustrated. I've heard from a lot of them. But now they kind of know everything's out of the bag now. They know exactly what has to happen. All right, well, we have to continue now. We're done in the regular season trying to play ourselves back up. This is going to really, really destroy their net ranking losing that game yesterday. And it's not going to help them the next two opponents, even if they win on the road. And they still haven't won a game yet on the road, and here we are approaching mid-February. Notre Dame lost at Georgia Tech last night. Notre Dame is not very good. Notre Dame's players have clearly cashed it in. I've been reading some of the articles. You know, I like Mike Bray a lot. He announced his retirement. That did that team no favors whatsoever. A lot of those players have checked out. All right? They feel like we were a veteran group. We came back. Yeah, we were struggling. Maybe they knew. Maybe they didn't. But they feel like um, they were kind of left in a lurch. So those guys have kind of gone rogue a little bit, Notre Dame. So Tech's going in there with a team that's definitely not unified in any way, shape, or form. And that's what Tech has to also protect against. Sometimes that can happen. You don't want to all of a sudden become um, ununified. And I don't think that'll happen. Coach Young won't allow it to happen. I mean, he's not a scapegoat type of guy, Coach Young. I mean, he accepts full responsibility for what happened last night. And he'll get on to his coaches about it. And he'll make his team understand a very stern message, right, today at practice. And they have to now just pick it up one game at a time, coming up on the road, and try to get a win and then try to work on being more consistent as they get ready to hopefully for them prepare for another big run in the ACC tournament because I think now that's basically all that's left for them after last night's loss. Tonight, Deadman Center. Come see us. If you don't have tickets already, there's still some available. ESPNU, national broadcast once again, the second of three. We're on national TV again next week against Asheville. 7 o'clock tonight. We will have the radio broadcast for you. Myself and Cole Wilder, 6.30 with the pregame, 7 o'clock. Radford and Gardner-Webb. The running Bulldogs have won their last four games inside the Deadman Center. It started when they came down and beat Radford in the Big South Conference championship game the year after Radford had won it by hitting the shot against Liberty. They came down. Radford had earned the right to host championship Sunday, and it wasn't a contest. Gardner-Webb under Tim Kraft came in and absolutely throttled the Highlanders. It was one of the worst losses I know I've ever experienced and I know those players Mike Jones says he still looks back at that day in horror and they've made themselves at home at the Deadman Center so what we need tonight is a big big home crowd lots of enthusiasm to pull pull the guys through trying to win their 10th straight trying to keep pace with UNC Asheville who got a win last night against Winthrop Going for win number 10 in a row tonight at the Deadman Center. Gardner-Webb's won five in a row. If you have a blue-collar mentality and you don't mind a rock fight, you don't mind getting in there and taking off your jacket, 
maybe putting on an old T-shirt, rolling up the sleeves, getting out in the mud. Well, that's the kind of game it's going to be tonight. These two coaches uh, obviously are two of the better defensive minds the Big South scene. I mean, Darius Nichols is a wonderful defensive coach. But Tim Kraft has perfected it. This team leads the league in field goal percentage defense, three-point percentage defense. And during their five-game winning streak, they're holding teams to 56 points per game. So points will be at a premium tonight, and the Highlanders will need you to come out and help them tonight. So please make a plan to come out. Great atmosphere in the Dedman Center and the Highlanders. Gardner-Webb, big, big game in the Big South. All right, we'll take a break, come back. We're wrapping up Hour 1. Remind you what's ahead in the rest of the program. Still have about 40 minutes to hear from you, either either on the Louise Baker team hotline at 639-4900 or our text line, 744-2990. Stay with us. Wrapping up Hour 1 when we return. I was listening to the broadcast, and I was wondering, what exactly is it? You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk. More BDSD next on WRAD. Picture yourself in a boat on a river Drugs. with tangerine trees <laughs> Drugs. and marmalade skies. <laughs> All right, wrapping up hour number one. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. All right, Wilbur has another uh, gas station. How about bad driving guy? He has transferred over to... Bad driving guy preparing to be even worse driving guy by getting his vehicle filled. Guy who pumps gas doesn't move and goes inside to pay and then orders food and decides just to talk while you're out there during a busy pump day. Yeah. So we've had two bad driving guy at the pump stories shared this morning. We're just adding it to the list. Yeah, I've dealt with that guy too. Gets done. Yeah, I'm full. You know what? I think I'll have a little stack. Hey, I think I'll just pick up a casual conversation, either with another customer or maybe even the clerk. Uh, You got a line out there. That's fine. Let's talk about five more minutes. (laughs) Bad driving guy at the pump this morning. Wow. If we do indeed get any of this nasty... Snow <clears throat> on Sunday. Just stay at home because bad driving guy has not even had an opportunity yet without any measurable snow to show exactly how bad they are driving by doing horrible things in the snow. Either driving too fast or driving too slow. Thinking because you have a four-wheel drive, you're automatically completely Surrounded by a coat of Teflon and nothing can happen to you. So, yeah. And then maybe we won't get any of the nasty stuff. Who knows? Hopefully we won't. I'll take a cold rain any day. I'll be getting in from Charleston about 2 a.m. anyway Sunday morning. So, I'll be able to be the live weather guy coming in. From the south. 
<laughs> Wayne's. Wow, I don't know if I've seen that one. How about bad driving guy who pops the hood and puts oil in and wiper fluid at the gas pump? <laughs> uh, wow. I have seen guys do that. They pull off into a parking space. But boy, really, they're just sitting there at the gas pump, huh? Okay. That's funny. <laughs> and Tony's right. Yeah, we go from bad driving guy to bad gas-getting guy. Craziness. All right. Andy Bitter, Georgia Amor, Dwight Vick, a little bit later on. Stay with us. Hour 2 coming up.